0: Welcome to the sixth episode of the second season of the Game Theory Explained podcast. Today, we conclude our discussion with Professor Parikshid Ghosh. And uh, talking about the highest bidder and all, um, I read some of your uh, work in auction theory as well. So, could you give a little basis on that and... Just emphasize on where, in which kind of situations, it's smarter to have a, like a fixed price or versus uh, an auction.
1: Yes. See, um, auctions are adopted by sellers, right? Now, um, let's let's be concrete. Let's say, you know, we had huge controversy in India over allocation of spectrum licenses, right? Uh, there were corruption allegations, etc. Now, why were there corruption allegations? Because the process was opaque. It wasn't transparent, it wasn't rule-bound, it was up to the discretion of uh, government officials and ministers and so on. So that's why people became suspicious, right? Are they cutting deals, etc.? So transparency was com- compromised. People have said, you know, the CAG report at the time, which itself has been controversial but it said that there was a huge revenue loss for the government right government lost money um, and then yet another critique could be that well did it go to the best parties right so there's a spectrum it should go to the company who can make the best use out of it and you know uh, create the maximum economic value from using that uh, spectrum license and so some people think that that didn't happen either now, auction theory says that, look, uh, so so what was the previous uh, system? The previous system was that bureaucrats would sit down, have meetings with uh, various companies, and they would come up with a price somehow, on a, you know, they'll, they'll guess a price, and they'll say, okay, whoever comes first and buys at this price will, will get it. It was discretionary like that. Uh, so auction theory says that, uh, if instead we set down predetermined rules of auctions right uh no discretion whoever is interested can make bids highest bidder will get it and you know maybe pay the second highest price or something um, so there's a whole lot of theory which says that you know it it is obviously it will be less corrupt because the rules are very well defined right there's not much room for any kind of uh, nonsense. Uh, Auction theory tells us, shows us that it will raise more money compared to fixed prices. And it will also be more efficient in the sense that it will give the license to the company which can generate the most value out of it. Yes. And uh, you know, why are these claims true? I can't get into too much detail about that, but let me just briefly in a sentence or two tell you. For example, why can we expect in general auctions will raise more money than any kind of fixed price strategy? That's because auctions are flexible. If you're, if the license you're selling is very valuable to a lot of companies, the auction will bid up the price. But on the other hand, if, if the object is, is uh, not so valuable, that particular object, then the auction has an inbuilt mechanism for the price to drop and go at a discount. At least it doesn't go unsold. So it is this flexibility of the price which is the main advantage of the auction.
0: So if there is such a clear advantage that auctions have over having a fixed price, why is it not more widely um, practiced?
1: Oh, it is widely practiced actually, right? The use of auctions is not a very modern phenomenon. It goes back, uh, long back in time. And if you look at, you know, for example, wholesale agricultural markets in India, uh, they often rely on auctions, right? In the bundies, uh, agricultural produce is is auctioned off. Uh, there's something called a Dutch auction, which for for many, many years, going back a long time, you know, flowers in Holland, like the tulips and all, they were sold through that sort of auction method. So it is actually highly popular. It's not some fancy thing which, you know, academic economists have invented 20 years ago. Academic economists often do the opposite. You know, there's some popular practice, like an auction, like some sort of arrangement, and academic economists kind of scratch their heads and come up with fancy theories why these things are popular. So in the case of auctions, I would say that. Now, you could say that, well, In certain practices like in government and so, you know, the reason we had the 2G controversy in the first place was because the government was slow to adopt auctions. Right. So there, why wasn't adoption uh, faster? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, people take time to figure out things or maybe there are vested interests who who blocked auctions. Uh, We can only guess.
0: Right. And I think you had also mentioned that auctions were basically selling with rules. What What are the general rules and assumptions that um, an auction oh. comprises up? Um,
1: you know, there's, um, see when you, the kind of auctions you see on TV, movies, right? They are typically what is called English auctions. So essentially they start with a low price and the auctioneer keeps raising the price and looks around the room uh whether and um, if somebody raises the hand that means that guy's willing to buy at this price so these rules are commonly known they're specified in advance right halfway through the auction they don't say oh no now we are going to invite sealed bids." they don't say that right they said this is the way we'll go uh, we'll keep raising the price till only one person is interested in buying and nobody wants to raise it and then we'll give it to the last remaining bidder right so that's an english auction now there are many other auctions. for example sealed bid auctions where everybody submits just one bid right it's not it doesn't happen over time in that dramatic fashion that we see in the movies people submit sealed bids and even among sealed bids auctions the rules can change, the rules can be different, right? In some some cases they say the highest bidder will get it and will pay his own bid. But then there are other auctions and an old eBay auction was an example of that. It's a second price auction. It says that the highest bidder will get it, but will have to pay the second highest bid, not his own bid, but the highest bid among the others. Now that's a completely different rule, right? So, so, Whatever rule you adopt, typically in an auction, it's all specified in adva- advance before the auction starts. So that's why it's very rule-bound. We don't make it up as we go, right? It's it's all well-defined in advance.
0: Right, right. And um, just to conclude, um, where where do you see game theory in, let's say, 20 years from today or 30 years from today? I oh. think it's going to pick up further or...
1: Um, I don't know really Uh, see game theory applying game theory is a science as well as an art I think as I was saying in the beginning game theory gives you some basic tools right now if you want to analyze a particular situation game theoretically let's say you want to understand the assembly elections that are going on across the country right now um you have to bring on board lots of other assumptions it's not enough to just say okay nash equilibrium will give me the answer you have to make lots of assumptions about the environment about the game the motives of the players what kind of things they can and cannot do uh, to get an answer right so uh, i so 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 how how effective so you know stock market analysts they are uh, using game theory to, to understand and make predictions about the stock market. Political theorists are using game theory, economists are using game theory. And the results are sometimes good, sometimes bad. It depends on whether your other auxiliary assumptions are good or bad. Right? You're gonna get terrible predictions and they don't work out if your other assumptions aren't good. So it's a mixed bag. Um, will it grow in popularity? I don't know, my guess is as good as yours, uh, but, but I want to emphasize there's no magic pill, right? Game theorists also have, to, for a successful application of game theory, you need the theor- to understand the theory of game theory very well, but you need to combine it with good data collection, you need to com- combine it with understanding of maybe history of the context that you're analyzing, so game theory has to work in tandem with other disciplines and other kinds of knowledge to be effective so my hope is that yes this this kind of partnership of game theory with other disciplines will happen but we'll have to wait and see
0: right right thank you thank you so much for joining me and having this discussion it was great to have you thank you ishita thank you